0: have a favorite uh, movie? Maybe a favorite story you love? I love a good story. I love any medium I'm watching. I love a great tale, an epic that ties plot elements together in a satisfying conclusion. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Lord of the Rings. Some consider it actually three movies, but no, it's actually just one long movie, which means you have to watch them, of course, all at once. At least that's my own personal opinion. Even if they do take about 12 hours to go through, it's just a 12-hour movie. That's how it works. The movies were actually based off a book written by J.R.R. Tolkien, And I love him as a writer, but not just because he writes good books. During his life, he was once sent a letter by a little girl called Camilla, And that letter said, what is the chief purpose in life? She was doing a little thing for her school. And so she asked him, what would you consider to be the chief purpose in life? And this was part of his response. For believers in God, the chief purpose in life is to increase our knowledge of God and to be moved to praise and thanks. What a wise saying just for a little girl. This is what it means. This is the purpose in life to just praise and worship God and on the Christian story he says that the art of it has the supremely convincing tone of primary art that is creation to reject it leads either to sadness or wrath I love that that creation is God's artwork his story his holy presence filling the world as everything is guided in his hands we we do not have a God that just turned a clock, and it started, and the rest goes. He crafts his story. He pours his presence into all things, and he pours it into us. So let's not reject it, but increase our knowledge of God this morning through his story, through his holy scripture. For it is written in 2 Timothy that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, And training in righteousness. So to train ourselves in righteousness this morning, I would like to focus on a true God-breathed tale from Scripture today in the book of Jonah. A tale of two idols. Let me pray with you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would guide and open each of our hearts. I pray that you would open our hearts to the word that you have placed in me this morning. And that each and every one of us, especially myself, would take a piece of this with us during the week to praise and worship and increase our knowledge of you. In your holy name, amen. Have you ever seen something or someone that you really just can't forgive? That makes you just want to see justice done on them? In today's world, we see this more and more often every day. In fact, there is entire just organizations whose whole goal is to make you as angry as possible when you, when you watch them and when you see them. And it's so easy for us to just say, you know what, I have a solution. I'm just not going to associate it with them. The monks, you know, they had it right. They went off on their own, and they just didn't have to deal with that. Then you don't have to deal with the negativity because you're never around them. But God hasn't called us to be monks. God has called us to reach those people, to love those people. So how do we do it? Jonah went through a very similar situation. And I'm going to summarize the four chapters of Jonah. And you'll see him him behind me. But if you haven't seen the story of Jonah or if you're not familiar with it, I would highly suggest that you read it this week. It's only four chapters long. It's not very long. And it's just a wonderful and amazing story. But I'm going to summarize it here, take excerpts from it. The Bible says in Jonah that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So here we have God calling Jonah to Nineveh. But here's the thing. The last thing Jonah wanted to do was to preach to Nineveh. Jonah, and Israel actually as a whole, hated Nineveh. They dis. Their very being. The wickedness that they did was so detestable to them that the only thing Jonah wanted to see for Nineveh is the headlines, if they had headlines there, that said, New best selling sequel, Sodom and Gomorrah Part 2 Live and Let Die. If fire had fell down on Nineveh, that would have been ecstatic. All of Israel would have rejoiced. But yet, here God is telling Jonah to go preach to them. And Jonah knows. He has a merciful God. So he runs as far as he can. If if Nineveh's over here, Tarshish is over there. Heads the opposite direction. So God sends a storm, and when he realizes the storm was sent for him to save the lives of his fellow shipmates, he is thrown into the sea and he's swallowed by a fish. We oftentimes actually associate this with whale, but the Bible just says big fish. We just say, "Okay, let's list all the fish we have." Where can a human fit into it? Okay, probably a whale. They're the big ones, so probably that one. And in this fish, he says one of the most beautiful prayers. He says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, Lord, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. You know, I find this pretty ironic. No doubt when Jonah was praying this and he says, worthless idols, he's all likelihood referring to Nineveh. They were known for having worthless idols. But this isn't just a tale of one idol, it's a tale of two. Jonah had his own idols of anger, unforgiveness, and bitterness that he was putting above the will of God. He knew what God wanted, and yet he was going the other way. For an idol is anything that we place above God's will. And though knowing God's will, Jonah ran. So he says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away. And he has this amazing moment of repentance. So the Bible goes on to say that the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And so Jonah goes into the city and then begins proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God, and a fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. They repented. Nineveh repented of what they had done when they heard God's word. Even after all the evil things that they had done, all the horrible things, so much that Israel and Jonah just detested them, God forgave them. There is nothing too big for God to forgive. Whether you're in here this morning or one of the many that I know are watching online, there is nothing that you've done that God cannot forgive. There is nothing that you've said, nothing that you've done. Not only does God already know what you've done, He is actively waiting. Because God does not want your actions. He does not want your perfection. He just wants your heart. He just wants a repentant and humble heart. And that's all he wanted for Nineveh. After all they did, all he wanted was just for them to repent and say, God, forgive me. And he can do the same for anyone here this morning. But to Jonah, the Bible says this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord? When I was still at home that I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah did as God asked. But he never did forgive Nineveh. On the outside, he did exactly as God wanted, but on the inside, he still had his own idols of unforgiveness, of bitterness. But he knew that God was merciful. And I find that so amazing. I'm not sure if you all deal with the same thing, but sometimes when I'm at work and I'm just every now and again as things happen, sometimes you can bring up your faith at work and you tell about Jesus and it's great. And sometimes you overhear, and here's a common one I, I hear, that there are actually two versions of God. There's the God of the Old Testament, you know, anger, plagues, fire, brimstone. And then there's the God of the New Testament, mercy and love. Anyone else heard that? Just Just me? But God's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In fact, everything that Jesus preached, it wasn't... It was a new revelation through him, but he was preaching Genesis. He was preaching Moses. He was preaching the law. The God is the same merciful God in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. He didn't change. He didn't switch. And here we see an Old Testament prophet. You would expect, if you ask those same people, that if God says, their wickedness has come up before me, I want you to go preach to them. that They're saying, hey, there we go, fire brimstone. It's going to happen. But Jonah knew his God. Jonah knew our God, that if Nineveh repented, that he would without question forgive them. He knew he was a loving God, a compassionate God, and that's why he ran. He did not want to see them forgiven. You see, he did as God asked on the outside, but he was still full of anger and unforgiveness on the inside. And not just Jonah, it's Israel did the same thing. They were meant to be a kingdom of priests, to show God's holiness and wonder to the Gentiles. In Exodus 19.6, in the New Living Translation, because I like how it's worded, God tells Moses to tell to the people of Israel, And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. But Israel grew to hate the Gentiles. Pastor Greg just told last week how they set up a market in the only area for the Gentiles to worship God. If you haven't seen that message, I encourage you, it is on YouTube. It is a wonderful message. See, they also could try to do as God asked on the outside, but they weren't changed internally. And so it became just nothing more than rules, as it is written in Malachi. And would we have someone that's wronged us, that's betrayed us that's hurt us that makes us angry it's easier for us to say you have done wrong you're going to die in your sin than it is to actually genuinely love them and care for them and reach out to them we can think just like jonah that we want justice to be done or maybe i'm the only one that uh, that thinks that but god has called us to reach the lost. It says in First Peter chapter two, verse nine through ten, again in the New Living Translation. I love how it's worded. For you are a chosen people. That's us, me and you. Royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the holiness of God. For he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And what is probably one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. It says, once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. We have been called just as Jonah was to reach a hurting and evil people. And just like Jonah and Israel, we can't do it on our own because we, we say the same things. How can I forgive that? Did you see what they did to me? Did you see what they did? They need justice. How can I change on the inside and not just on the outside so that it just becomes rules, which is just religion? Doing it on the outside but not actually changing inside is pretty much the definition of religion. But we haven't been called to religion. We've been called to relationship. And unless we change how we think in our spirits internally, we'll act just like Jonah getting angry at the world's idols while carrying around our own that prevent us from fulfilling and accepting the mercy of God, especially to those who hurt us. In fact, even the disciples struggled with this. In Luke 9, 53 through 55, it says, But the people there, which is Samaria, did not welcome Jesus because he was heading for Jerusalem, and they did not like Jerusalem. When the people, James and John, saw that, when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? The next line says, but Jesus turned and rebuked them. Now, I've been watching The Chosen a lot, so I can just imagine this line. I'm just seeing Jesus looking at James and John with just the look of, you got to be kidding me. How, how long have I been with you? And James and John just going, oh, okay, maybe I... Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have said that one. But then something happened. Something happened that changed everything. Easter. Jesus died and rose again. And his spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, filled the church on the day of Pentecost. And it did change them. In here, on the inside, not just the outside. See, Jonah in this tale is going his own way, following his own idols, until the fish swallowed him up and turned him around. We are Jonah. We go our own way. I go my own way, following my own emotions and idols. The world, those who have hurt us, those who make us angry, that's Nineveh. We see every day something or someone acting as they shouldn't, People know people we know betray and hurt us and judgment of them comes very swift and very easy. And the fish is Jesus and his spirit. He takes us and just like Jonah, he turns us around and sets us on his path. In Matthew chapter 12, it says that for Jonah was in the belly of the whale, or the fish, for three days and three nights. So the son of man, will be in three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we just celebrated last week and the spirit of Jesus that is in us, we are now continually in the fish, that is Jesus, praying as Jonah did, what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. That salvation is what makes us different. It's what allows us to do what Jonah and Israel could not. Because Jonah was in the fish for three days. And afterward, even though he did exactly as God asked, he was not changed. He was just the same on the inside as he was before. And he was upset at God's forgiveness and mercy. But with Jesus, it's the other way around. He was in the grave for three days. And now through the resurrection, And His Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Most High God, He is in us always. So we can always be in prayer and connection with God. His mercy becomes our mercy. His forgiveness becomes our forgiveness. And His love becomes our love. Our access to this is through the Holy Spirit of Jesus, strengthened in the study of His Word and continual prayer to God. For the Bible says in John that the words I have spoken to you, that is the Bible, the written word, the inspired word of God, his creation, that they are full of spirit and life. And just like Jonah, God has called us to preach to the hurting excuse me, and the broken. Those who do things deserving of punishment and we are called to forgive. And on our own, it's impossible because of the sin nature, but through our continual study of his word, building ourselves up in the Holy Spirit and continual prayer to God, we can forgive the unforgivable. We can do what was impossible and reach the hurting and the lost. Because you never know how someone's heart will react to hearing the word of God. No one would have ever guessed that Nineveh, when they were doing all the evil things that they did, would hear God's word in turn, and yet they did. God knew. And perhaps all that's waiting is just our kind words for someone, just our loving words reaching out to them rather than harsh criticism. Just yesterday, I was watching a cooking show with my family, and uh, there was this person there that really ticked me off. They were throwing out expletives and just putting them down, putting someone else down, and I I get offended at that when I see someone being put down that I feel is a wrong. And so I was just saying, you know what? I hate that person. I hope they go home. Then justice will be done. And I just paused when God taps your heart and says, you're preaching this tomorrow? I'm like, ah, right. Yes. So I just had to take a moment and say, you know what, God? Your will be done. Your justice be done. I've never met this person, so it's silly for me to get so angry at them. But Your will be done. I'm just going to forgive them and move on. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is describing what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he says, it's like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while everyone was away, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. So the servants asked, do you want us to pull up the weeds? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. God has not called us to judge people's hearts, to delineate out the weeds from the wheats, those who will hear the word of God and those who will not turn and hear the word of God. He just calls us to love everyone, and he will take care of someone's heart. He will be the one to determine whether they have turned, whether they have repented, and whether they have not. Just like us, he's telling us, don't go and delineate out. This person, there's no way they'll turn, but this person will. I'll I'll love this person, but what this person did is too much. Just love each of them, and then I'll, just like Nineveh, I'll work out the rest. In the end, it's not us who saves. It's the Holy Spirit who saves, the Holy Spirit who reaches and who loves. And all we have to do is just present the Holy Spirit to others. So press yourself into the word of God and prayer. Because only through the strength of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, which is built up through prayer and the study of the word of God, will you be able to reach those whom God has called us to reach. Jonah was in the fish for three days, but we always have the Holy Spirit with us. We can always increase in him. We can always press into him. But perhaps maybe you're watching this morning online and you don't have Jesus with you. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing that the God is a God of compassion, a God of mercy, and a God of forgiveness, that no matter what you've done, that he will forgive you and that he will love you. This is the time that I love Easter because I bring out this story. When the thief was on the cross, the Bible says, do not say who was going into heaven and who was going into hell. That is to judge the heart. God judges the heart. But there is one person in the Bible that we can say without question or doubt is going to be in heaven with Jesus, and that is the thief, because he turned to the Lord and he said, Remember me. Just the two words. And Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. And I love that line. People sometimes think it's so difficult and hard to come to Jesus, but in the end, that's all it needs. That is a perfect case point example. You just turn to Jesus and you say, Remember me. You have my heart. I haven't done everything right, but remember me. And if you're listening in the sound of my voice this morning, that's all you need to do. All you need to do is just say, remember me. And God will forgive you and come and make his home in you. And you will also be filled with the spirit of Jesus. Let me pray with you all this morning. Lord, for everyone who's listening, who says, Lord, remember me. I pray that you would pour into them this morning. I pray that you would open their hearts to a God not of judgment or of anger, but of forgiveness and mercy, as you have always been. Only you judge the heart. And for everyone in this place this morning, I pray that you would open our hearts this week. There is no shortage of justice that we cry out to be done to people that hurt us. But this week, I know that you're just calling us to just try and love that when we speak your words that they would be your words of love your words of forgiveness your words of holiness that say i sent my son to die for you i gave you everything just give me your heart may that be true this week in your holy name amen did you receive the word this morning